During the summer of 1942, the Germans continued their invasion of Russia. They wanted the Caucasus' rich oil fields and a psychological win by taking the city name for Stalin and its industrial output and control of its Volga River. Hitler told the Russians that he planned to execute every man in Stalingrad and deport the women and children. Stalin mobilized every soldier and civilian to prevent the Germans from taking the strategically important city, which led into central Russia, as well as being his namesake. It was World War II's largest single battle. For over five months, the Luftwaffe bombed the city to rubble, and then the German army moved in for months of street fighting. Initially, the Germans committed 270,000 men, 500,000 tanks, 3,000 artillery pieces, and 600 aircraft. By mid-September, the Luftwaffe presence had grown to 1,600 aircraft, and the city was reduced to rubble. The Russians had 187,000 men, 400 tanks, 2,200 artillery, and 300 aircraft. Both sides poured troops into the city, and 2.2 million took part. Hitler withdrew large numbers of men from the Western Front, and by November 1942, there were 1 million Axis troops, including Romanians, Italians, and Hungarians. The German artillery increased to 10,000, but there were only 402 aircraft operational. The Russian winter began, and food and medical supplies were low. Hitler refused to allow the encircled Germans to fight their way out of the city, ordering them to, quote, stand and fight to the last bullet. The Russians increased their personnel to 1.1 million with 894 tanks, 13,000 artillery, and 1,115 warplanes. Stalin issued order number 227 telling defenders not to take one step back. The average life expectancy for a Russian soldier was 24 hours. Both sides completely disregarded civilians. Stalin refused to allow anyone, including children, to evacuate the city. And the city's population fell from 850,000 to just 1,500. The Russian operation Uranus forced the Germans to finally surrender after 500,000 casualties and the Russians captured 91,000 prisoners. Only 5,000 to 6,000 ever returned to Germany. The Russians put, pushed the Germans back westward. The German Navy tore North Atlantic Allied shipping to pieces. The Allies had launched a counteroffensive in North Africa and took back all the German and Italian territory. French North Africa rallied to the Allied side, and Hitler responded by occupying Vichy, France, but not before they scuttled their navy. By May 1943, the Allies were in control of North Africa. They now began a strategic bombing campaign against Germany, hoping to disrupt the economy and reduce civilian morale. Operation Gomorrah dropped 2,300 tons of incendiary bombs on the city of Hamburg. This was the explosive power of the five most destructive blitz raids of London. More than 1,500 Germans were killed. Britain lost only 12 aircraft out of 79. Further complicating the situation for the Germans was the fact that the British dropped strips of aluminum foil out of their bombers which confused German radar. Then the American 8th Air Force began daylight bombing raids. For eight days, the 24-hour-a-day operation proved devastating. Over 17,000 bomb bomber sorties dropped more than 10,000 tons of explosives, 
killing more than 30,000 people and destroying 280,000 buildings, including industrial and munition plants. It is known as the Hiroshima of Germany. Hitler refused to visit Hamburg, realizing it indicated his defeat. The Allies invaded Sicily on July 5, 1943, and the demoralized Italians arrested Mussolini. By September, the Allies were on Italy's mainland, and the Italians surrendered. Hitler spent special forces in to rescue Mussolini, who set up a new Italian Social Republic in Germany, occupied Italy. By May 1943, the Germans were also losing in the Atlantic. Submarine losses forced Hitler to halt the campaign. The Allies met in Tehran to plan the post-war return of Japanese territory and to invade Central Europe in 1944. Stalin agreed to declare war on Japan within three months after Germany's defeat. On July 12, 1943, the Soviets launched their own counter-offensives, ending Germany's chance of victory or even stalemate in the East. The Germans tried to stabilize their Eastern Front, but the Soviets broke through at Smolensk and ended the Wehrmacht's superiority. In January 1944, the Allies launched a series of Italian attacks at Monte Cassino and landings at Anzio. British forces drove Japanese troops back to Burma, and the Soviets launched a major offensive that forced the Germans from Leningrad and liberated the Crimea. On June 4, 1944, the Allies captured Rome. During all of 1943 and 1944, 1 1.4 million American troops arrived in Britain, along with 9 million tons of supplies and equipment. British soldiers received only 3 pounds a month. The Americans were earning 12 pounds. British soldiers said that the Americans were overpaid, oversexed, and overhear. The heavy bombing campaign forced Germany to commit manpower, and resources to home defense. Air superiority over Europe gave the Allies vivid inte vital intelligence on German coastal defenses. The Russians kept the Germans tied down on the Eastern Front. On June 6, 1944, the Western Allies invaded France. Hitler knew the Allies would attempt a large-scale invasion. In 1942, he ordered them to build a 2,400-mile network of bunkers pillboxes, mines, and landing obstacles. Hitler believed the Allies would try the port of Calais, and the Germans installed three massive gun batteries, leaving the rest of the French coastline and the Norman beaches underdefended. Eisenhower's plan, Operation Overlord, was to heavily bomb Nazi gun positions, destroy key bridges and roads so the Germans couldn't retreat, and then drop in paratroopers to secure positions inland. Taking Normandy would allow the Allies to begin the assault on Germany. Nothing went according to plan. Due to poor weather and visibility, the bombers were unable to take out German artillery. Paratroopers were dropped far from their targets and became easy marks for Nazi snipers. The weather forecast was so bad that the German commander Rommel went home to celebrate his wife's birthday. Hitler later ordered him to commit suicide. On the day of the invasion, a fleet of marine tanks sunk in the stormy seas, leaving the 132,000 troops to fight their way to shore on the five beaches selected by Eisenhower. Heavy machine gun fire mowed down the invaders. 
On Omaha Beach, the first landing unit lost 90% of its men. Waverly Woodson, a black medic with the lone African-American combat unit, managed to set up a medical aid station. For the next 30 hours, he removed bullets, dispensed blood plasma, cleaned wounds, reset broken bones, and even amputated a foot. He also saved four men from drowning. He was recommended for a medal, but never received one. Eisenhower knew he faced staggering military casualties, but believed them necessary to establish an infantry stronghold in France. To this day, there is no accurate count of the casualties. The landings were successful. The morning after D-Day, some French prostitutes set up a brothel in a wrecked landing craft. By August 25th, Paris was free of Nazi rule. The Western Allies continued to push back Germany's army in Western Europe, but their advance slowed in Italy, and they could not cross the Rhine. The Allies faced strong and determined German resistance. In the Pacific, the Allies decisively defeated the Japanese in the Battle of the Philippine Sea. Prime Minister Tojo resigned and the conquest of the Mariana and Palau Islands gave the U.S. air bases to launch intensive, heavy bomber attacks on the Japanese home islands. After D-Day, the Allies advanced on Germany more quickly than the Germans predicted. However, Allied soldiers were tired by weeks of continuous combat. Their supply lines were stretched to the limit, and their supplies were very low. Hitler believed that by using his mobile reserves, he could mount a major offensive. If successful, he might force the Americans and British to settle for a separate peace, independent of the Soviet Union. He would then be able to turn his full army on the advancing Russians. Hitler's plan called for a blitzkrieg attack through the weakly defended Ardennes forest. He believed that the poor weather in December and January, with heavy fog and low clouds, would neutralize the Allied air forces. If he could capture Antwerp, Four complete armies would be trapped without supplies behind German lines. The German generals were less optimistic than Hitler, but believed it must be done because this offensive is the last chance to conclude the war favorably. On December 16, 1944, Germany launched Operation Watch on the Rhine, a last attempt on the Western Front by using remaining reserves to launch a massive counteroffensive in the Ardennes and along the French-German border. Hitler handpicked the best of his remaining troops. In order to keep their movements secret, he issued them charcoal rather than wood for their cooking fires. The little intelligence the Allies were able to get convinced them that Germany was preparing for a defensive rather than offensive campaign. Blinded by their recent battlefield successes, the attack, when it came, took the Allies by complete surprise. Because no one thought the Germans would mount a defensive campaign in the Ardennes, most of the troops were inexperienced new units or soldiers recovering from hard fighting. The Germans moved on December 17th. They met the Americans, and after a brief battle, the 150 lightly armed Americans surrendered. They were disarmed and herded into a field to await transport to POW camps. Unfortunately, a group of SS arrived and suddenly opened fire on the prisoners. Most were shot where they stood. 84 were killed, while others managed to escape. News of the massacre spread through Allied lines. The Germans continued to advance and capture confused American troops. 
They also captured 50,000 gallons of desperately needed gas for their tanks and vehicles. They murdered all captured Americans. The situation was made worse by a unit of SS infiltrators dressed in American uniforms and wearing the dog tags of dead soldiers. Patton told Eisenhower, Krauts, speaking perfect English, raising hell, cutting wires, turning road signs around, spooking whole divisions, and shoving a bulge into our defenses. The Americans tightened security, and MPs grilled troops on everything an American was expected to know, Mickey Mouse's girlfriend's name, baseball scores, or the capital of U.S. states. General Bradley was detained when he correctly identified Springfield as the capital of Illinois, but the MP believed it was Chicago. Overzealous American soldiers shot out British Field Marshal Montgomery's tires. By December 21st, the Germans surrounded Bastogne, which was defended by the 101st Airborne. Most of the medical supplies and medical personnel have been captured. Food was scarce, and ammunition was restricted to 10 rounds per gun per day. Despite determined German attacks, the Allies held. When the Germans requested Bastogne surrender, Brigadier General McAuliffe responded, Nuts! His reply required an explanation to the Germans as well as to non-American allies. On December 23rd, weather conditions began improving. The Allied Air Forces launched devastating bombing raids on Germany's supply points, and P-47 fighters started attacking German troops on the roads. They also dropped much-needed supplies to Bastogne, and a team of volunteer doctors flew in by military glider. By December 24th, the Germans were stalled. The generals wanted to halt and withdraw back to defend Germany. Hitler rejected this. But as the situation worsened, the majority of the German forces executed a successful fighting withdrawal and escaped the battle area, although they abandoned most of their tanks and trucks due to a critical lack of gas. On January 7th, Hitler reluctantly agreed to withdraw all forces from the Ardennes, but considerable fighting went on for additional weeks. Although the Germans managed to begin their offensive with complete surprise and enjoyed some initial successes, they were not able to seize the initiative on the Western Front. The Ardennes operation inflicted heavy losses and set back the Allied invasion of Germany by several weeks. The German battle losses were especially critical. Their last reserves were gone. The Luftwaffe had been shattered, and remaining forces throughout the West were being pushed back to defend the Siegfried Line. Churchill contacted Stalin to request that the Soviets put pressure on the Germans on the Eastern Front, and on January 12th, the Soviets began to advance. By February 4th, the Russians overran East Prussia. Because of troop shortages during the Battle of the Bulge, Eisenhower decided to integrate the army for the first time. Most U.S. black soldiers still served only in maintenance or service positions or in segregated units, but more than 2,500 black soldiers volunteered to go to the front and fought side-by-side -side with their white counterparts. A total of 708 black Americans were killed in combat during World War II. The phrase Battle of the Bulge was coined by contemporary press to describe the bulge in German front lines. Soviet, British, and U.S. leaders met in Yalta and agreed on the occupation of post-war Germany as well as the timeline for the Soviet Union to join the war against Japan. 
Stalin agreed to join three months after Germany's defeat. Germany would be completely disarmed and cut up into four different occupation zones, French, English, American, and Russian. Berlin would also be divided among them. Nazis would be judged and sentenced. A neutral government would be set up in Poland. Stalin would control Eastern Europe, and there were to be reparations from Germany. A new world organization, the United Nations, would replace the League of Nations. Roosevelt and Churchill willingly agreed to Stalin's terms because they wanted the Russians to help them take the Japanese homeland. In the end, both men knew it was not a question of what we would let the Russians do, but what we could get the Russians to do. Two months after Yalta, Roosevelt was dead. Capturing Berlin had enormous symbolic and political importance. Stalin wanted his forces to do it. Churchill wanted to stop them. Eisenhower realized that there was more to gain through cooperating with Stalin. The two agreed to meet near Dresden, with Russia agreeing not to attack Berlin until May. However, Stalin didn't trust Eisenhower or the British. He ordered his generals to advance on Berlin. On April 16th, the attack on Berlin by the Russians began. The Germans prepared to defend Berlin. Hitler had moved his center of command to an underground reinforced concrete air raid shelter, which had 30 rooms and 2,700 square feet. He had framed oil paintings and upholstered furniture, fresh drinking water, pumps to remove groundwater, and a diesel generator for electricity. Living with him were his longtime mistress, Ava Brown, whom he called Chaparral, idiot bumpkin or wench, Goebbels and their six children, and assorted retainers. Hitler was a teetotaler, vegetarian, and non-smoker. However, he regularly took a mixture of oxycodone, meth, morphine, and cocaine. By this time, Hitler was shaking, and doctors don't know if it was Parkinson's, the effect of injuries from the attempted assassination, or withdrawal from the drugs which could no longer be obtained. Hitler gave the command for Berlin's defense to a general known for his defensive warfare expertise. Goering labeled the city Fortress Berlin, but its defenders were 90,000 children of the Hitler Youth and old men of the Home Guard. Top Nazis, such as Goering, Himmler, and Speer, fled the city. Hitler did not want to end up hanging upside down like Mussolini. He decided to take cyanide and then shoot himself. He tested the pills on his dog, Blondie, who had just given birth to puppies, and the puppies were later clubbed to death. On April 30th, hours before their suicide, he married Ava Brown. Ava chose to take cyanide so as to remain beautiful. However, it contorted her features. At around 3.30 p.m., witnesses heard a gunshot. One of the Goebbels' children said, that's a bullseye. Given the deep suspicion with which Germans viewed communist Russia and the atrocities on the Eastern Front, it was likely that the Americans would face far less resistance and have an easier time taking the doomed city. But the Russians had won the race. The Reichstag was captured on April 30, 1945, and by May 8, Germany signed a total and unconditional surrender. An estimated 200,000 Germans and 150,000 Russians died in the fall of Berlin. Even as Germany's surrender was being negotiated, Soviet troops went on a rampage. They looted, drank, and took out their anger and pride on innocence. An estimated 100,000 women were raped and later shot. 
In one district alone, 215 women committed suicide rather than let the Russians take them. In the Pacific Theater, American forces accompanied by, the, by Filipinos landed on Luzon in January of 1945 and by March recaptured Manila. Fighting continued on other islands of the Philippines until the end of the war. Meanwhile, on March 9th and 10th, the United States Army Air Forces launched a massive firebombing campaign on Tokyo to destroy Japanese war industry and civilian morale. The bombing killed more than 90,000 civilians and left one million homeless. The Japanese refused to surrender. In May 1945, Australian troops landed in Borneo, capturing the oil fields. A combined army of British, American, and Chinese forces defeated the Japanese in northern Burma. Between April 6th and June 7th, 1945, American naval and amphibious forces moved toward Japan, taking Iwo Jima by March and Okinawa by the end of June, while American submarines cut off Japanese imports, drastically reducing Japan's ability to supply its overseas forces. At Potsdam, Churchill and Truman issued a demand for Japan's unconditional surrender, threatening heavier air attacks. Truman told Churchill about the atom bomb. By the summer of 1945, Japan's war leaders knew they were not going to win World War II. A further shock was the Soviet Union's entry into the war and the realization that Japanese forces would have to fight the Soviets in the north and the U.S. in the south. By August 1945, Japan's war leadership was divided into two camps. The war camp maintained that to win better terms than unconditional surrender, Japan must inflict tremendous damage on the Americans. They believed that Stalin would help them broker a peace deal, even though they knew he was massing troops on Japanese-held territory. The peace camp wanted to end the war as soon as possible. Both camps wanted to retain the emperor. The emperor's status remained an open question for U.S. policymakers. Some wanted to retain the emperor in some capacity. Others wanted the emperor to go. On August 6, 1945, the B-29 Enola Gray delivered its payload, destroying Hiroshima. However, Japan had few remaining cities with a population of more than 100,000 that hadn't been severely damaged. Hiroshima was just the latest bombing victim, although this was a terrifying new weapon. Japanese forces still retained several divisions and prepared for the American invasion. After Hiroshima, the cabinet was divided. The atomic bomb persuaded them that they needed to end the war, but on what conditions? They telegrammed their ambassador in Moscow, hoping to win Stalin's help, but he only got the Soviet declaration of war read to him. The Soviets invaded Japanese-held Manchuria on August 9th the same day that the U.S. dropped the Nagasaki bomb. Even after this bomb and the Soviet invasion, some Japanese hawks weren't ready to stop fighting. They wanted retention of the emperor, self-disarmament, no foreign occupation, and Japanese trials for war criminals. Hirohito now spoke. He called for surrender. For a few days, Japan continued asking Americans for better conditions and die-hard Japanese hawks attempted a palace coup to save the emperor's right to rule, but the military quashed it. The emperor had spoken. Hirohito's decision to surrender was entirely pragmatic. He wasn't concerned about the faith of the Japanese people. He hadn't surrendered after Tokyo's firebombing. 
but he wanted to preserve the emperor system as head of the Shinto religion. The Soviets continued fighting in the north through September, capturing territories and outer islands, but the U.S. closed in quickly, occupying the main islands. Truman didn't want another German-style partition. The bomb certainly influenced Japan's surrender, but had the Americans made Stalin publicly support the unconditional surrender, Japan might not have held out hope for a Soviet-brokered deal. Additionally, had the U.S. guaranteed the emperor's position, Japan might have surrendered earlier. On August 15, 1945, the Japanese surrendered and on September 2nd signed the surrender document on board the USS Missouri.